Hello, I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Micah Sparkman. And I'm Jeff Lake. We are reading J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, the first book in the Harry Potter series. Today we are covering chapters 6 through 9, so come join us on platform 9 and 3 quarters for our trip to this week's podcast of MWA, Muggles with Attitude. Previously, the most powerful and evil wizard in the world... Uh, the world has ever seen got offed by a baby. So that I guess that's probably pretty anticlimactic for the wizarding world. Uh, a weird old man sends his biker thug to stalk a perfectly normal family, pursuing them to a dilapidated shack in the, the middle of a deadly storm. And uh, we learn some ridiculous made-up words in London talk. And a trust fund kid goes on a shopping spree at Wizard Costco. I like that. Wizard Costco. That's, that's good. good. Yeah, that's that's yeah. what it is. It made me think of something when you were trying to say dilapidated shack yeah. just then. Yeah. Uh, there's a funny little tiff between J.K. Rowling and Stephen Fry because he was the one who read the Harry Potter books on tape. Mm-hmm. The British version, which is, by the way, way better than the American version. Um, of the but, Harry Potter books? Yeah, of the Harry Potter. Well, the, the the American guy who reads the books, his name is Jim Dale. And he has this really irritating way of saying all the characters' names. He drags it out. So it's always, Harry! Why did they do a different version? I don't know. Like, why bother? Stephen Fry is great. Because Stephen Fry speaks British, and a lot of people don't understand British. Oh, that must be okay. it. Do you, know what, a, do you know what a Knickerbocker glory is? Stephen Fry knows what a Knickerbocker glory is. <laughs> I bet he does. Um, but anyway, so Stephen Fry did the first book on tape, and he met J.K. Rowling, and this is before the series had really taken off. So apparently he was really condescending to her because he's this major British actor, and she was kind of a no-name at that point. And he was having a lot of trouble with one of the sentences, which was, Harry pocketed it. And he just could not say it, could not say it, could not say it. So he asked J.K. Rowling if he could say something else. And she essentially said, no, like you were so rude to me the first time we met. And in literally every single one of her books after that, she included the sentence, Harry pocketed it just to mess with (laughs) Stephen Fry. That's fantastic. I know. It's pretty great. Harry pocketed it. Harry pocketed it. Is it better? Harry Potter pocketed it. No, that's not better. No. Yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Chapter six, the journey from platform nine and three quarters, where we meet the Weasley family. Which is not a great name. The Weasleys? Weasleys? Yeah. I mean, like, if I, you know, you know, without context, I would assume Weasleys were bad guys. Because the, there's like the word weasel? Yeah. It's but, like they're Weasley. They're but why sneaky. are weasels a bad thing? Because they're sneaky. Hmm. They, they're, Weasley, I, I feel like weasels would like steal your pocket money. Hmm. It's a British phrase. Yeah. Pocket money. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So do you talk, yeah, you talk about weasels weaseling out of things, right? Yeah. And there's also a great a British expression where you can say somebody is as cross as a bag of weasels. <laughs> That's fantastic. I know, I'm going right? to start using that in my everyday life. <laughs> as cross as a bag of weasels? Cross as a bag of weasels. Yeah. Yeah, what the Weasleys are, the name? The, the Weasleys are good, though. They're they nice. are good. They're friendly. Are you a Weasley? Uh, personally, you, or like... You, you look like you should be because you are very much a ginger. Wow. So just everyone who's a ginger with freckles is a Weasley? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Actually, everyone who looks at Ron is like, oh, you're a Weasley. Because he's got yeah. red hair and freckles. <laughs> so, and yes. also there are 10 other Weasleys in this school, apparently. <laughs> yeah. They have a large family. So. Yeah, the Weasleys make up like 20% of Hogwarts. Yeah, I mean, yeah of, you know, these, of the wizarding population in general. There are like 10 people in this class in Gryffindor, right? 10 first years or so. Because like, they say at some point in these, these books that... Gryffindor and Slytherin, all the first years, is 20 people. Mm-hmm. So they actually might be a significant percentage Weasley. That's Probably a good point. could be, yeah. I mean, he's, he's 10% of the Gryffindors, right? Yeah. The first years, yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. It's, well, I mean, all told, there's Percy, Fred and George, and Ron. And Bill. Well, and Charlie. Well, they're, they're out of the school. Oh, oh right, right, but right. Those, those four are all in Hogwarts, in yeah. Gryffindor. So that's, mm-hmm. yeah, four out of, you know, 70 people. So here's the next question, because the Weasleys, I mean, that's a lot of kids to send to school. Is Hogwarts free? That's a good question. Did we have this discussion last time? No, I don't think we talked about how they, they're paying for this. Yeah. We know how Harry's paying for it, because he's loaded. Yeah, he is loaded. But, but uh, I mean, the Weasleys don't have money, right? So Are they just, like, scholarship kids? Like, are always like, oh, those poor Weasleys. They never really talk about it. They yeah. I mean, we know that they have to buy their own school supplies, but, like, is there tuition? So, my understanding, I'm not an expert on the British school system, but they have a thing that they call public schools and private schools, but they're, it's weird because it's flipped from our usage of public and private school. Hmm. Uh, they, they have, a, like, a, a state school. A state school is what they call the, the public-funded school that everybody can go to, mm-hmm. but a private school is a state-funded school that you can get into if you test into it or, or if you meet their criteria and whatever. Okay. Right? And a public school is a special school you, can, you pay to go to if you're rich. Interesting. So I think this falls into the category, the British category, of a private school. Which is a, like a special school that kids who meet a certain criteria can go to. So is Hogwarts funded by the magic government then? I would assume. Yeah, the private schools in England are <laughs> <laughs> in London, in England. <laughs> so here's a question. Harry names the owl he got Hedwig. The only Hedwig I know is Hedwig and the Angry Inch. That's what I think every time. Yeah. yeah. Hedwig is uh oh, it's a wizard, I remember. He mentions that uh, he finds the name Hedwig in his history magic book. Yeah. But so. I didn't know who Hedwig... Was Hedwig actually a person? No. Okay. I don't think so. I think it's... I mean, that's a pretty wizardy name, right? I think it's a real name. It is. It is for sure. I mean, it's Hedwig and the Angry Hitch, right? I feel like this is a tricky... Okay. There's a lot of muggle-born wizards, right? This happens sure. fairly frequently. How do, does is someone normally expected to get to the train to Hogwarts? I know. I feel like they kind of missed out on that one. There's an unreasonable amount of prior knowledge just to, like, get there. I mean, like... Yeah, and to get all your school supplies. Like, yeah. Well, Hermione's like, parents are muggles, right? Yeah. And somebody named Seamus Finnegan said he's half-muggle. Yeah. But so their, their family knew about this, though, right? They weren't surprised, like Harry was. Well, they got a letter. Uh, Hermione's parents got a letter. It is my understanding oh. that for muggle-borns, somebody from the school actually comes and talks to the family. Oh, okay. Yeah, but that's not something we find out because these stories are pretty much told from Harry's scope, so we wouldn't find out about how Hermione found out about Hogwarts in the first place. I guess he probably Hagrid. read about it in a book and just knew about it to start with. Yeah, yeah. probably. I, I guess Hagrid everything. is the, the, the person who was assigned to Harry, essentially, right? I guess, yeah. yeah. So yeah. maybe somebody took Hermione Wait, shopping and... If Hagrid diagonal. goes and gets the kids, and he's the gamekeeper... Are they the game? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a dangerous game. To the most, play. They, they are the most dangerous game. Yeah. Anyway, so he ends up at so he gets on the Hogwarts Express. Um, yeah, this. So you have to run at the wall as hard as you can. Yes. <laughs> and if you flinch, you it's bad. Well, they don't say exactly what happens, but I assume that if you don't believe that you're going to go through the wall, then you're going to hit the wall. Like, that's... But Harry didn't really believe it. He just sort of closed his eyes and ran at it. So well, he didn't know when thing. he was supposed to hit it? Mm, I guess that's you it. Know, that would, yeah. yeah. So I, I, are there ever any drunk people on this train station that are staggering around? <laughs> absolutely <laughs> falling to nine and three quarters? Yeah. All the time. <laughs> happens all the time. Yeah. You know what they do? Just kill him. 
<laughs> That's dark. I, well, I mean, this is the wizarding world, you know? They got to deal with it somehow. <laughs> no, they probably wiped their memories. They do. They have a men in black spell, right? Yeah, they do. But here's what bugs me, though. Uh, they had to... The Dursleys had to go to London anyway to get... Um, Dudley's pigtail removed. Ah, How are you going to explain that to the surgical staff? To say he's always had it. He was born with it? Yeah. That's like a National Enquirer, like a pig boy thing instead of a bat boy? It is not, it is rare, but it is not unheard of for uh, humans to be born with a, a small vestigial tail. Yeah, but not like a pig tail. Look, I mean. A tail he, is a tail. He has it, right? I mean, right. what's the doctor going to say? The doctor doesn't know there's magic. He's going to be like, well, that's freaking weird, but okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. All right. I guess there's just things we'll never know. It'll, it'll probably, he's probably going to end up in a book. <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably. Too bad the Dursleys are so closed to new ideas because you can get that tail a shot for a while. See if it's, <laughs> if it's nice. I, I mean, of the types of tails you can you can get, I think a pigtail is like low on the utility level, you know? Mm-hmm. Like a prehensile tail would be awesome. I would love to have a prehensile tail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, oh my gosh. So Harry gets a whole bunch of candy, which sounds amazing to me. Like, I am all about that. Yeah, like he rolls up like baller, just like, I, I'm going to take one of everything. And she's like, are you sure? He's like, yeah. And he drops like, I don't know. I don't know how much that is. Like, it's Gal- not even like a gold, right? It's, yeah, it's 11 silver sickles. And he's got like so much a lot money. of gold. So yeah. it's like nothing to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, he does it because he's. Bunking with Ron, and Ron can't afford anything. Yeah, I think it's... He's been nice about it. Yeah, he's, he's nice. He's yeah, like, he's oh, like... Oh, I, I bought some. too much candy. Do you want some? Yeah. There's no way I'm... And he's, and he's even like, I'll trade you, you know, half of your sandwich for, you know, half of my candy. Just to make Ron feel better about it. That's yeah. Like, nobody's eating that sandwich. That's pretty dang Gryffindor of him. Yeah. Aw. That's fair. <laughs> That's mighty Gryffindor of you, son. <laughs> so, uh, okay. And, and and he finds... So, they get these chocolate frogs, right? Right. And the chocolate frogs come with these trading cards. Obviously, like, it's a baseball card kind of thing. Cool. Yeah. Um, but this picture thing that happens has always bugged me a little bit. Like, are these... Are the, the, the images in these pictures... They communicate, right? They can. They can, yeah. So are they sentient? They're fully sentient, right? They're kind of like an echo or a shadow of the actual person, but not a person themselves. So I thought it was just like a a FaceTime window (laughs) onto the actual person, wherever they were. That would be really hard to do, though, if you're like on a chocolate frog card, you know, they're... Well, there's lots of them, right? But wouldn't you be super pissed off, like, if you got a chocolate frog and that just that person just never shut up because they were like, screw you, I'm not going to show up on some kid's candy Well, card? I thought they didn't have a choice. I thought it was where they were. <laughs> it's like there's a camera following them around. That's what I thought. Yeah, like they're in the shower or something, but they're just going to be in the shower. Hi, kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's not exactly like that. But what what I, my question is, does the thing, does the, the image know that it's trapped in this place? What's it like on the other side of there? Can they move? I mean, we know they can move around a little bit. Yeah. Is that, do they have like a whole world on the other side or is it just like, yeah. I, I, I don't know. These are good questions. There's some deep implications here. Like this could be, they could be trapped in some sort of like torture world where it's just like, oh, I can't go anywhere. All I can do is stand and look through this window into this, you know, grubby kids. What if they end up in the trash? Mm-hmm. What if they end up in like the, the magic dumpster? Do, right? You're seriously making me feel sorry for these pictures. I now. feel sorry for the pictures. <laughs> that is really sad. <laughs> Perhaps this is a thread we do not want to tug on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe maybe I'm overthinking this one a of the bit. one of the many threads. Speaking of overthinking things, uh-huh. the every flavor beans. Yeah, that does not sound good. I know it's a terrible idea. Like that's a really high risk, low reward kind of situation, right? Yeah. Like you, you know, great. Yeah, you could get like buttered popcorn. 
But if you get like... You said that as a good flavor? Yeah. That's oh, the worst so flavor gross. of jelly beans. It really is. I love those jelly beans. It <laughs> tastes like... The like jelly bellies? Rot. Vomited, vomiting you... No, it tastes yeah. like butter popcorn. It tastes like the inside of someone's stomach. It's so gross. How did you know the inside of someone's stomach? Because <laughs> I've eaten those jelly beans. <laughs> <laughs> My point is that you could, you could end up with like horse butthole or something, right? <laughs> like, it could be anything. Well, I... I think they mean everything that's edible. <laughs> Isn't that? Don't they say that one of them is like grass? You can eat grass. There's people who eat grass. I think it's. You should. We should view this from the frame of a childlike reader, and uh-huh. the childlike reader cannot think of that many flavors. <laughs> okay, a childlike so, reader can mostly think of flavors that are flavors. So you're not going to end up with like John Goodman's armpit or something, right? <laughs> Correct. Okay. I, I would eat John Goodman's armpit. I love John Goodman. <laughs> <laughs> but it's. I mean. You I know, think we whatever. all agree that John Goodman's great, but his armpit? I mean, like... Whatever. It's a very dramatic armpit. <laughs> <laughs> that armpit improves every movie it's in. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's a great true. point. Sometimes his armpit is the best part of a movie. <laughs> this is definitely true. Very true. Anyway. Um, so we start finding out a little bit more about the different houses. Ron and his family were Gryffindors. And I, I'm, I'm looking forward to our conversation, Chapter 7, The Sorting Hat, unless there's anything else we want to cover in Chapter 6. Well, we, we meet, we, I did want to mention that we meet a couple of people. For example, we meet Hermione for the first time in this chapter. That's true. And she comes in like hard and fast with judgment, right? She's yeah. like dropping judgment the moment she walks in like, oh, hey, got some on your nose, man. You know, as, as, as somebody who has also been described as bossy before, I'm down with Hermione. Wait, who, you? <laughs> yeah. Huh. Just a tiny, just smart, smart. We love you, Alice. Alec. Um, I mean, she's just, she's doing her thing. She's trying to help Neville find his frog. That's nice. That's true. She, she, we'll get into this later, but I, I actually, um, I think we should start a tally. You know, we had a tally in the, the other books for yeah. uh, t- hair tugging. Yeah. I think we need a tally for when Hermione saves the mission or saves their lives and gets like no recognition for it. Okay. I think it's going to happen a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think all the time. Because, <laughs> like, she's the, she's the most important part of their team, I think. Mm-hmm. She's like the MVP. Mm-hmm. So, do wizards use steam engines? Yes. Why? why? Magic. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, Moving well, on. <laughs> so, so, they talk about it a little bit later. So, we, 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 we can discuss at that point. But wizards do not have, like, a great relationship with technology. They don't understand it very well. Because they, mm-hmm. they rely on magic to do most of their things. So, they never bother to learn about how those things work. Electricity doesn't work for them. It doesn't work for them? Uh, not... they. It inter- Magic interferes with it. So does they it don't... Really? Yeah. But it doesn't interfere with pneumatics. They're, those are simple machines, right? Are they? Don't Apparently. worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe don't it's worry one of those it. things we can't ask too many questions about. So I like the, the contrast between Ron's family and Harry's. I think J.K. Rowling set that up really well. Where Harry is, is very neglected and doesn't have anybody to talk to. And his family is like aggressively normal and kind of standoffish and cold. Mm-hmm. And everything we hear about Ron's family is that they are just this tribe of maniacs. <laughs> uh, like he's got 15 brothers or something. I don't know. He's yeah. got a sister, at least one, right? Right. Yeah. And they're always roughhousing and they're, they're, they're pushing each other around. They're this very close family. Mm-hmm. But they're also like dirt poor. Yeah. Or as church mice. So that's sort of the, the example of like a really good family that can be successful even if they don't have a lot of resources. And Harry Potter is the opposite. Yeah. 
So Dumbledore defeated Grindelwald in 1945. Yes. yes. Is this a Nazi wizard that we are referencing here? It might be. So uh, I don't think that they've gotten into it ever in, in the books, right? No, they. I mean, they talk about it a little bit later on, but no, this is its own separate story, soon to be released as a movie. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. The, the new Fantastic Beasts movies deal with the Dumbledore and Grindelwald history. Oh, do yeah. they really? Yeah. All right. Yeah, but we don't know about a lot about that because they never actually talk about Nazis in the book. Anyway. And I also want to say that Scabbers is my favorite character so far. <laughs> yeah. He, and speaking of MVPs, right? Like, he settles it, right? Absolutely. Right? <laughs> like, he's he's not involved. He's letting things go along. Go along to get along and, until the stuff starts to go down. <laughs> and Scabbers springs into action. And with one swift strike, he solves the entire problem. He's, like, ready to scrap. He's and like, then he let's do this thing. Back to sleep. And then back to sleep. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's he's probably like, my work here is done. <laughs> the span of like thirty <laughs> seconds, and it's it's solved. He's like, like we're, "This is over." He's oh. like, "Oh, this is going bad. Who do I need to bite? <laughs> that kid." <laughs> so but, have an attack rat. Yeah, yeah, okay. Scabbers the attack rat. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, so they arrive at Hogwarts, and uh, it's time for them to get sorted into their houses. We know a little bit so far. We know that the Slytherins are apparently kind of bad guys because Draco is a Slytherin. And he seems kind of nasty and yeah, he's talking about being pure bloods and stuff like that. Yeah, we've already had some bad experience with Draco and his little cohort on the train. So yeah. we know that he's he's the baddie. Right. And then we know that the Weasleys have been Gryffindors, but we don't know anything about that yet. But then we get a then we get our story. So so th- do you know anything about this house system? Because I know it's actually a real thing. Yes. Uh, and this is, I guess, common knowledge to someone who's grown up in the UK. But we don't do that here. Uh, do you know anything about how that works? Is it like... It's like the Bloods and the Crips, I think. Yeah, the gangs. Well, I was wondering, like, do, is it... It's the hooligans and the... and The, the scallywags. Scallywags, yeah. <laughs> they really play up in Harry Potter the importance of your house and how it's like... it's your, your character is in some way identified by the house that you belong to. Is that something that is true in British boarding schools? Do you know if they're like... Oh, you're in House, you know, Quizlet or whatever. I, house Quizlet? That's from a different series. Okay. I mean, I don't think that they assign people houses based on, like, personality characteristics. I think... It wouldn't make much sense. They just kind of put you in your different groups. So when you go to boarding school so that you have kind of some semblance of a family to belong to, right? Oh, yeah. Or group. Yeah, so it's it's more just people that you're... It's more just like your class than your... Than your uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't know. I'd be curious to look into that, more into that. I think it might be more analogous to your military unit. Hmm. So you sleep together, yeah, eat together, fight together. You're right. Die together. Die together. <laughs> so, so based on the, if we assume that like the first years are about 10 people and, and every class is approximately that, and I think it's seven total years of yeah. school Hogwarts, that would, uh, that math would work out because they say it's a few hundred people in the in the hall when they arrive, so. Yeah, so if, if they had a lot more people in the classes, they would probably have more houses because that's, you know, you're, they build the halls so they can hold this many people and they group everybody into that much. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of secrecy around the sorting ceremony before they're going in, which I think is kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, Ron's, Ron's brothers tell him a, cu- a couple different things about what, what's going to happen to him. Well, I mean, they're just being older, jerky older brothers. Sure, they say, sure. oh, it's really going to hurt. You might have to wrestle a troll, something like that. <laughs> yeah. But really, they just go in and they just sit. And then we finally get a little bit of information here. I'm just going to read. First of all, I love every every single year the Sorting Hat has its own song that it makes up, which I, makes me really happy. I made a note about this, too. I, I think this song is actually kind of great. I love this song. <laughs> and it also makes me really happy because um, I've... Um, 
I read the books in, in French a long time ago because I was learning French and I knew the book so well. I thought this would be a good, entertaining way of learning more. But somebody had to like come up with their own rhyming poem that got all this information across in other languages. These books have been translated into over a dozen different <laughs> languages and somebody had to sit there and figure that out. And I have two, two fun facts about uh, translations into French, but the one I'm going to share right now is that the word for magic wand in French is baguette. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> so when you're eating... Wait, okay, hold on. Yeah. So they use baguette to mean magic wand? or yes. that Are those things mean the same thing? Like if, if outside of this book, if someone were talking about a magic wand, they'd say baguette? Yes. <laughs> That's great. So what do they call the bread? Baguette? Baguette. Yeah. Same thing, huh? Yeah. If I had to guess, I would say probably the, the that bread, that form of bread was named after like a small stick or something that's called a baguette. Like a wand, you know, means like scepter, rod. That's what, it's just an old timey word that means that. I feel like that would be really deceptive if, if French people are reading these books and they think that everyone's waving around like baguettes for, for <laughs> using magic. I mean. I think they're familiar with the usage. So it's context. Yeah. All right. Or uh, le context. Le, con I don't le context. I don't speak French. I don't understand what you're saying. Yes. Anyway. So uh, yeah, yeah, the 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 Sorting Hat sings this awesome song. Yeah, we and we find out that the Gryffindor is where dwell the brave at heart. Their daring, nerve, and chivalry set Gryffindors apart. Mm -hmm. All right. The Hufflepuffs are just and loyal. They're patient, true, and unafraid of toil. So I would definitely not be a Hufflepuff because I hate working. Yeah. Yeah. Ravenclaw's wise, you've a ready mind where those of wit and learning will always find their kind. And then Slytherin, where cunning folks use any means to achieve their ends. So, what would we be? I've always thought of myself as a Slytherin, to be honest. But, like, after reading this poem, I think I might have to be a Hufflepuff. Really? Yeah, I don't know. Are you just and loyal and unafraid of toil? Uh, I, I tend to be pretty loyal and I have a very strong sense of justice. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, I mean... And I don't, I, I don't, I like manual labor, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I think you'd be a Hufflepuff. I, I like to, I, I would like to think of myself as Slytherin, but I think if I, you know, if someone were to sort me, I'd probably end up in Hufflepuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yourself? Uh, I, I would want to be in Hufflepuff because I believe that reading between the lines here, Hufflepuff is the fat kids and stoners. Uh -huh. <laughs> Hufflepuff, Puff, Pass. And, uh, <laughs> so that's where I want to be. <laughs> All right. Nice. Even though... I just want to add about the Hufflepuffs. Uh, what you're saying rings very true because we find out pretty soon that the head of their house is the <laughs> professor of herbology. Mm -hmm. It's true. And their common room is right next to the kitchens. Oh, yeah, I bet yeah. it is. <laughs> so, pretty sweet. I mean, the Hufflepuffs are probably having a really good time. Probably. I have a question for you, Alice. You, uh -oh. you, you know these characters pretty well. Okay. Why is Hermione not in Ravenclaw? The hat takes a long time to try to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like based on what we know about her now, she seems like a a, like a, a dead ringer for Ravenclaw. She's like, well, you know, and, and she's she's definitely like brave and and you know chivalrous and all those kinds of things. But 
her one of her defining characteristics seems to be her her interest in knowledge. Yeah, well, I think that the the hat can sense a lot of innate qualities in you, but also we find out too the hat is having a lot of trouble deciding where to put Harry, and Harry is thinking to himself, "Not Slytherin, not Slytherin," and the hat responds to that. So maybe Hermione just really she'd read up and she thought. I mean, she's 11 and she'd been re- doing a lot of reading about the history of magic and about these houses. Maybe she thought that the idea of Gryffindor was really cool. Yeah. So, so that's where she, the hat put her. That makes sense. Yeah, she might have been like a, a split line kind of thing. And she might have said, you know what, Gryffindor's for me. I do think it is. A, <laughs> Gryffindor works for me. Yeah. yeah. Griffin works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is it, it is kind of dumb to me, though, that they sort them starting at the age of 11. Like what, who you are at 11, like is totally unformed. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And I, I have another question, though. Okay. okay. If. Okay. So, so now we know that it's, that these classes are all the same size, right? Yes. So does that mean at some point the sorting hat has to be like, well, looks like Slytherin's looking a little light. You're a Slytherin now. Are they all the same size? At least the... Well, we, I guess we don't know for sure. But no, we don't. I thought that, Huff, that Gryffindor and Slytherin were both 10 people, but maybe so not. do you think the sorting hat is choosing houses for people, or do you think the sorting hat is modifying people so they match their house? Oh. So the sorting hat doesn't find what's in you, it changes you to fit the house that it needs you to go in. Oh, that's oh, dark. The sorting hat has a, well, I mean like the sorting hat is a is a strange magical artifact. We learn more yeah. about it later. It definitely has access to your mind. Yeah. yeah. And there is a great quote later on in one of the books that says never trust a magical object if you can't see where it stores its brains. <laughs> oh. Yeah. That's a good point. Man, th- that sorting hat may not be uh, as altruistic as <laughs> as we think. Uh, yeah. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, and, that could be pretty dark. And then uh, Malfoy slithers and slinks nastily up to the sorting hat and gets goes into Slytherin. You know, his descriptors are, are like kind of like evil and is like, oh, yeah, I'm Slytherin. You know, it's, just, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's kind of funny how he uh, is clearly going to be Slytherin from the beginning, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. J.K. Rowling seems to have like... There is a theory, though, that this class, Harry's class, is a lot smaller than classes have been in the past because um, when, around the time he was born, remember, there was that was the end of, of Voldemort, so a lot of people died at that time, so that might be why his class is smaller than normal. Like, ten, ten mm. kids per house sounds very small. That is a good point. Uh, and we, we know from the first chapter that, uh, that Voldemort was... Was killing wizards left and right. Yeah. Yeah, he was just like a murder machine. Yeah, so it's kind of like the anti-baby boom. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Anyway, so he sorted into Gryffindor. And, uh, oh, just one thing I want to point out. So we, we, we've been looking up things that we are not aware of, like Knickerbocker glories. Yeah. I had to look up peppermint humbugs, which were on this magic table. Yeah, another made-up British word that's not a real thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> except, except I looked it up. It is a hard-boiled sweet. And they're common to Brit. I put Britishy places like England, Ireland, New Zealand, Canada. Yeah. There, you may have seen them before. They're the little little sweets. They're wrapped in cellophane and they're black striped. Oh. They've got black stripes and they're usually a pepperminty flavor. I don't think I've ever had one of those. Uh, I don't think I've seen a black striped thing that was pepperminty. But may- I mean, yeah, interesting. But anyway, that's what they are. And apparently. Um, it's not related to Dickens Bah Humbug from A Christmas Carol, but offering them at Christmas is kind of seen as a joke. And there is a scene in Black Adder where he offers people humbugs. So, oh. <laughs> so what they, what, does it say what they are named after by chance? It did not. Interesting. Yes. 
Humbuggers. But apparently they've been around for a few hundred years. All right. Yeah. I love all these ghosts in this chapter. Yeah. <laughs> all the ghosts come in. I like how all the crazy stuff about this castle is something that J.K. Rowling doesn't really remark upon. Like what? Like there's there's stairs that move around. There's doors that don't go where you think they are. There's doors that are fake. Doors that are actually behind a, a picture. Uh, and the paintings all have like live people in there that'll talk to you. And there's ghosts everywhere. Yeah. Literally coming out of the walls. Uh-huh. And the ghosts are all kind of <laughs> kind of grim and ghastly. I like it. It's yeah. pretty great. Like nearly headless Nick. With <laughs> no. Hold on. Sir Nicholas de Mimsy Porpington. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. He... Right. Does not like being called nearly headless Nick, but it, everyone seems to call him that anyway. <laughs> yeah. And Harry adapts this really fast. He's there's a specific ghost that's just really annoying. Peeves, the poltergeist, the poltergeist, and mm-hmm. and Harry's just like, I hate that ghost. It's really annoying. <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah, he is very adaptable, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's kind of how kids are. Maybe a little bit younger than that, where they they don't have a lot of reference points for how the world works so they see these things and like oh yeah okay there's this is a staircase that moves around sure yeah well i mean at some point like you lose frame of reference right like if one of us were dropped in this place and we're like this is your world now i think you kind of have to right like Mm -hmm. that's just that's just how you get around is by knowing oh this staircase goes somewhere else on friday so i'd better take the other route you know Mm -hmm. um i want to note that up until now slytherin has been winning the house cut for the past six years that's true. Yeah. So, we, you know, it was something we talked about previously is that Slytherin was kind of set up to lose, but apparently they've been winning for a little while, so. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Good on them. So they're kind of like the Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are like, they're exactly like the Patriots. And Tom Brady is Professor Snape, who we meet in this chapter. Yeah. He's the Super potions professor, creepy. the head of the Slytherins. Yeah. And yeah. very creepy. And very creepy. And he, uh, no, he looks at Harry <laughs> and Harry feels this pain on his scar. So what's up with that there? Yeah. That's, 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 that's pretty strange. Yeah. And uh, and they they say that Snape well, Snape this like creepy like evil looking guy wants to teach the dark arts. The, he no 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 he wants to teach the defense against the dark arts. Same class. thing. <laughs> uh, there's a difference. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And then they then we learn the school song, which is uh, in contrast to the Sorting Hat song, kind of chaotic and insane. Yeah. It's cute. It's cute. Yeah, I, I love it. And I love that there's no tune. Everybody just sing. Everyone sing tune. whatever tune you want to sing. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's. I think that's kind of fantastic. Or the part that makes me just laugh out loud is uh, is they start singing and all the professors are like gritting their teeth about this, but Dumbledore is conducting <laughs> the, the song, uh, the last few lines of the song with his wand. And then he... Uh, Wipes his eyes and says, ah, oh, music, a magic beyond all we do here. That just kills me. I love that. <laughs> Dumbledore is immediately an endearing character. Like, he, it, like he's difficult uh, not to love. Yeah, he say. is. And I love how his, his, he says he wants to say a few words. Nitwit, blubber, oddment, tweak. And Harry's like, is he crazy? And Percy's like, yeah. He's, he he's an amazing is. wizard. But yeah, he's probably Yeah, crazy. he's totally crazy. Of course he's crazy. <laughs> all right. Chapter eight, the potions master. Uh, okay, I, I I have to go on a little bit of a rant here. So my 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 background is in social studies education, right? Uh-huh. It really really pisses me off that Harry has to take a class called the History of Magic, who's taught by a professor who is literally dead. Yeah, and he just he he just he's he gets up and he drones on and on, and all they do is they scribble down names and dates. That pisses me off as a social studies person. Yeah, there, this is definitely like a trope about history classes that they're boring and like like 
tedious. But I have to say, history of magic would probably actually be pretty cool. I know, right? I would love to learn the history of yeah, magic. Yeah, are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, I think the history of the world is actually really cool. But when oh, it's God, taught in a series of... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Jeff. When it's taught as a series of names and dates, it gets really boring. I know, and it's not even a trope. That's just like, that's unfortunately is usually the way it happens. I like, suppose so. Unfortunately, we've all, at least here in Texas, we've all had the high school history teacher who was actually a football coach. And you just end yep. up, yep, names and dates. That's just what it ends up being. But yeah, when they like complain about that or complain about having to do homework, like, oh my God, if I was at Hogwarts, I'd be doing my homework all the time. I'd be begging my teachers for extra homework. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Ravenclaw, right? I guess so. But come on, <laughs> being able to do magic, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, like I, having been through, you know, normal school, I feel like going to Hogwarts would probably be fun no matter what class you were taking. Like just, just, you know, different and interesting. and But maybe maybe everything gets boring after you've done it for a few weeks, you know? I guess. I'll take their place. Yeah. I gotta say, though, at the very beginning when you first meet Snape, you're like, he is a cool professor. Is he? Yeah, no, but yeah. He, he starts out, he's got this great little speech at the beginning. Oh, it is. he has an awesome monologue, but then he immediately starts, like, drilling on Harry. That's true. I think he's a sharp sparkle. Maybe Harry should have preferred class. Yeah, that's right. I, yeah. It's his first day in class. He doesn't even know what... He hasn't had an assignment yet. <laughs> but then he gets all cheeky, too. That's true. He's like, well, Hermione knows the answer. Why don't you ask her? Yeah, that's a little bit of a mistake. You, you never talk back to someone in power. You just let them do your thing. You know, whatever gets them... That is not a very Gryffindor-esque thing to say. Uh, yeah, I suppose not. Mm. It's, more mm. of a, it's more of a Slytherin thing to say, right? Let them, like, do their thing and then strike them when they're... Yeah, the cream will rise <laughs> to the top. Uh, I have to say... So, so we talked about this a little bit. Navigating Hogwarts is extremely inefficient. Like, I get that it's a wizard place, but like, did nobody come along and say, let me clean this up a little bit and just like make some some magic teleporters, some elevators or something, you know? Also, it's not very, I mean, ADA compliant. Like, I know ADA is an American thing, but like... That's a great point, What if you had students who, yeah. What if if you had a student who can't walk? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, That's a lot of stairs. They don't... I don't let those in. <laughs> oh. Well, I mean, like, they could probably magic it away, right? Just, I like, don't match know. them with some magic legs. Maybe. Or maybe, like, a hover chair. Mm. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean, a hover chair. Yeah. Are there any disabled students? No. I don't think so, yeah. Not that they mention. Hmm. Could be. They just never bring them up. Yeah. Yeah. Also, when he's having tea at Hagrid's. Rock cakes. Rock cakes, yeah. Is that, that another made-up thing? I don't know. Is that a thing? I've never I, heard of rock I've cakes I've never heard before. of rock cakes. The name sounds awful. I mean, it could just be another form of British cooking. I have yeah. a, a vague idea that it's it's like a scone-like pastry with big chunks of sugar in it. That's like the rock cake. Oh, we found out that uh, Gringotts had gotten broken in on the day that Hagrid and Harry went, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's it, a good wasn't, it wasn't Hagrid and Harry that did it, right? <laughs> so... No, but it is the thing that they came to get that is likely what they were after. Because these, these things are coinciding a little bit too much. They're like, oh, okay, we go and take this thing. They attempt to rob a vault, and there's nothing nothing there. I think it's what the Gringotts story says. Yeah. The vault was already empty when they tried to rob it. Mysterious. Yeah. Very mysterious, because apparently you're not supposed to be able to break into Gringotts. Nobody can. Nobody can, except they did. Except they did. I liked all these classes. These were fun. Yeah, they are. I, I would love to go to this school. I think I, I guess that's everyone. Right? What, what classes do you think you'd be most excited Transfigurations about? Transfigurations would be awesome. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, and I think, I think I'd probably like Charms, too. 
But and, and I said one. history of magic, you know, and I'm I am not normally a history fan, but you know, I mean, if it's like talking about when spells were invented and on like a goblin war or something, it'd be pretty cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. it would be. I agree. What about you, Jeff? What would you be most interested in? History of magic would be fascinating because mm-hmm. uh, I this whole setup raises a lot of questions <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> They'd be answered in history of magic, would, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, uh, like where were the Nazi wizards? There were Grindelwald, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dumbledore killed him. That's what happened. Yeah, that's right. Dumbledore is a Nazi killer. There, there are uh, wizard police. Uh, we find out, we learn about them later. There's like mm-hmm. a whole group of wizards whose job it is to take down evil wizards. So I, so, I was thinking like SW special wizard unit. SW law and order. SW. But I think potions would be really cool. I think so too. Yeah, seems like a thing you could do a lot of useful stuff in the world with. It's an, so this is, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because this is an, a question that came up in my mind as I was reading this. Do you have to be a wizard to do potions? Because these are just mixing ingredients, right? Most of the stuff that they're doing is just, I mean, it's, they aren't casting. He, he even says you don't need to wave your wand around to do this. Yeah, I guess you just have to be able to work with items that have magical properties to them. Right, yeah. So I was wondering mm-hmm. if a, a muggle could do potions. Probably, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, if, as long as you have access to that stuff. And the knowledge, like the knowledge and the, sure, the, sure. the resources, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So it might be the only thing muggles could do. Yeah. All right. Chapter 9, The Midnight Duel. Because <laughs> uh, that's right. Harry and... Uh, Draco had a little bit of a, a run-in together, right? And Draco challenged him to a duel. Yeah, they were they were over... Uh, well, they were doing some... They were talking... Well, let's see. No, there's a lot that happens. Yeah, there was a, a scuffle over Neville Longbottom's... Remembrall. Remembrall. Which seems like such a useless I know, gift. I yeah. <laughs> it tells you that you've forgotten something. Yeah. That <laughs> would be so nothing, irritating. Right? Yeah. That would be maddening. That would be even worse. The thing, yeah. It would be red all the time, right? Because... <laughs> You're always forgetting something. Like, it's always. It's like you've forgotten something that you should be remembering or that you should be doing or that you've left behind that you're going to need. How many times a day do you think that happens to someone? Probably a lot, right? Nah, not that often. Well, I was going to say that like this, this has been made totally obsolete by Google Calendar, <laughs> which now point. does all the remembering for you. That's True. a good point. So that's like the modern, the, the modern improvement on the remember all. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, I also want to point out that apparently wizards are really into sports too, which I was very disappointed to learn. Mm-hmm. I'm what? not a sports person, you know, in general. Yeah. So when they started talking about sports, I was like, my eyes glazed over immediately. Yeah. Even, even even Quidditch? Even a magic sport. I mean, it's the same kind of thing. It's like, oh, this guy threw the ball this other guy. Wasn't that amazing? I mean, it, I don't mind watching sports. I can't think sports. of a single sport where they throw balls at each other. Quidditch. Maybe dodgeball. And then I think they're doing Quidditch. Do they? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Baseball. I can think of two sports. Baseball. They throw the ball to each other. At each other. <laughs> <laughs> Just because they catch it doesn't mean not throwing it at someone. Uh, also, okay, so in, in this, so in this, in the first year, they're 10, 11? 11. So if, if flying lessons are, are like a rough analog for driving lessons, that's really young, right? I mean, I would, maybe it's more comparable to like a bike. But like way more dangerous. Sure. Everything's more dangerous in this world. That's a good point. Yeah. That is a good point. Yeah, as we saw when Neville gets his hand broken, they can just fix you. Hey, okay. In he the fell 20 position. feet. He was very lucky to only break his hand. Yeah. yeah. But they can fix him. They literally fixed him in a minute. So what? they could break his back. It doesn't matter. Well, just what if he fell on his head and died instantly? Uh, he can't break someone back from death. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's true. 
And Madam Hooch has yellow eyes like a hawk, which is pretty cool. She's probably a hawk. I was wondering if there's anything behind her name, because a lot of times in the Harry Potter books, the name has some sort of significance. Does it? So, is it? What, what, Hooch, the only Hooch I know is either Turner and Hooch, <laughs> uh, Tom Hanks movie, or Hooch as in alcohol. So maybe she's a, a lush? A lush. Maybe she's a dog yeah. partner of a police detective? Yeah. <laughs> so, would these brooms work for muggles? Probably not, right? That's a good question. I mean, like, the broom itself is magic, right? Sure. In response to commands. Well, would wands work for on muggles? Well, wands require some some finesse and and knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's something that that they've talked about a couple times. Is that for a normal person, for for a wizard who's untrained, the most they might be able to do is like throw some sparks or something like that, right? Okay, yeah. Uh, but brooms don't seem to require any magical knowledge. It's mm-hmm. just a thing that it's it, it seems more it's like a physical finesse thing, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, maybe it only responds to people with magic. Maybe the magic of the maybe the broom itself draws magic from a magic user. Maybe because I know that they don't just like pick it up and start writing. They uh, writing. Necessarily, because Madam Hooch is teaching them to say up and have the broom jump into their, leap into their hands. Yeah, I guess the question is if the magic of the broom is of the broom or if it's the wizard's magic being channeled through a magical artifact. It's a good question. If you fly a broom around for a while, do you get tired? Is it like draining your magic energy? Or is it like riding a horse where it like works your mu- weird muscles and then you get off and you're like, wow, that was really painful? Uh, okay. It's probably, it Actually, probably works weird muscles. That I, seems very uncomfortable. I mean, now that, yeah, now that you mention it, sitting on a broom is probably really not very comfortable, right? I mean, that's a really narrow thing. I mean, thing y'all are the dudes. They don't like, have seats. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, Alice, I'm, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I'm no expert in ladies, lazy, lady anatomy, but I suspect that a broom would not be comfortable on lady parts either. Well, sure, but I might even be more uncomfortable because we don't have dangly bits. So That's a good point. Yeah. there's yeah. Uh, you. I, be, I can guarantee that every male wizard at some point does a thing where they accidentally sit on their nuts. <laughs> <laughs> you tuck that broom wrong. You've been drinking a little bit. You like jump up on that broom and you're like, <clears throat> and you flip over and, and it's real bad news. Hmm. Uh, so they decide they're going to have a wizard duel, which by the way, I was very excited to hear because that sounds like great fun. Yeah. Wizard duels are always great. Always. Yeah. I love wizard duels. I was really excited to see this wizard duel. And I was really sad that it didn't end up happening. Yeah. At, at Wizard Duels, the only ones I can think of are from the Lord of the Rings. The Lord of the Rings ones were great. The ones in Willow were great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let's see. What, there's one in um, The Sword in the Stone, the Disney movie. That's a great Wizard's Duel, actually, where they turn they, they turn themselves into things in order to defeat the other wizard. Yeah. Cool. There's a movie called Wizards that was all about Wizard Duels. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down. <laughs> uh, in The Magicians, they, type, they talk about, about a bit about Wizard Duels and how, you know, there's... And what's important in a wizarding duel has a lot to do with, like, how quickly you can re- react to different things. Because yeah, in, in Sandman, there was that really good kind of story time wizard duel. Yeah. Oh. In the movie Warlock, it was all about wizard duels. Depending on how magic works, wizard duels can be very interesting because you have two people who can do almost anything. Yeah. So how do they defeat yeah. the other person? I do think sorry was, you asked. Yeah, I am. <laughs> it is pretty funny, though, that Ron's like, well, I don't know. You know, if he does that, like, duck him, because I don't know how to do that. Y'all, y'all probably just shoot sparks at each other. Yeah, I actually made note of these, because these are great. Yeah. <laughs> these are great advice. What if I wave my wand and nothing happens? Just throw it away and punch him in the nose. <laughs> because that Ron knows what's up. Yeah, maybe yeah. you ought to do that first. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he also says, if he tries to curse you, well, you better dodge it, because I can't remember how to, how to block that yet. They haven't <laughs> learned any magic yet. So right. it's just, like, these wizard, this wizard duel is 
would have been a rather silly and ineffectual, I suspect. Yes. If it ever ended up happening. And we also hear, I like this, we hear about, um, there's there's something called the Curse of the Bogies, and a bogey is British for booger. Yeah. I, I mean, that's you can imagine what that's like. <laughs> Probably not very pleasant. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Hermione tries to be the voice of reason, but they don't listen to her. You know? Yeah. And she's not, like, I, I, you know, maybe it's just because I'm an adult, but whenever I'm reading this and Hermione's, like, saying something like, don't do this, it's a stupid idea, she's totally right. Like, I'm on Hermione's side here. I'm totally with Hermione on this. Sure. Like, guys, it, you know, the, there's, like, the best outcome here is that you get in a fight and then you get, like, expelled from the school, right? That's, like, the best outcome. Worst, you accidentally die in a, in a wizard duel. Yeah. Well, she does have the famous line, we could have been, we could have all been killed or worst expelled. That's right. It is a famous Hermione line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but she's out of bed and Neville is out of bed and... Well, Neville was just sleeping in the hallway because he forgot the password to get back into the room. Yeah. yeah Neville is a little bit of like the... the... Sad sack. Yeah. What, what, there's a... There's a word for this, right? There's like a Yiddish word for this. Um, uh, the the uh, schlamazel. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. He's the he's always the guy who's <laughs> tripping over something, or he's the Jerry if you're a Parks and Rec fan. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, if you're not, then just don't uh, don't listen back. Yeah. <laughs> Ignore that. <laughs> then go watch it, and then come back and start this podcast again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So no, you can get that reference. Seriously, you should watch Parks and Rec. It's amazing. Yeah. And Neville, as we, as we mentioned previously, Neville reveals the the extent of wizarding hospitals, which again casts some light on the fact that you know the separation of wizards and muggles is maybe a little bit you know a little bit on the dark side, you know. Yeah. Oh, up. So the, wait, they can magically heal broken limbs in minutes? Huh? Why not just set up like one wizard hospital for muggles? Yeah. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If they could do a, like a Make a Wish Foundation. Yeah. <laughs> but instead of just meeting a celebrity, they could actually get a wish. My <laughs> <laughs> right. wish could be, I don't want to have leukemia anymore. I know they yeah. could do that. But if you had to choose between that and meeting John Cena, like that would oh, be a tough one. Yeah. Dang. What? Maybe if John Cena was a wizard. Right. Okay. Oh. Yeah, you get to meet John Cena, but you have to live only for six months after that. I mean, that might be worth it, right? John Cena's pretty great. He seems really cool. Yeah. yeah. He seems like a good guy. I don't yeah, know. It seems like a toss-up. Yeah, it'd be a coin yeah. <laughs> uh, I And I have to say, okay, so Peeves uh, appears here again. Yes. And I feel like everyone's handling Peeves the wrong way. Like, he's a chaotic character, but I feel like with proper handling, he could be really useful. Like, he, he's a great distraction, right? Mm. And I don't think Peeves necessarily has to be working against you if you could give him something more fun to do. Like, if you give him, like, an idea, I feel like he'd run with it, right? Like, he has no, um, he has no um, inhibitions, right? Yeah, I, I don't know if you can really manipulate an insane poltergeist. That's a good question. I mean... You know, because, like, what is it? The dude, um, the caretaker, mm-hmm. Filch, yeah. tries to get... He plays Peeves' game, you know, and he says, please, and Peeves just says, wow! Screw you! <laughs> runs away. That's exactly what I meant. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Screw up! <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it doesn't work, right? He'll just screw you. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, I just wonder if there's not a way to like outwit peas in such a way that you can make him like useful to you. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Did you know that poltergeists mythology has been around for at least six hundred years? Um, yeah, so finally, they, one of the things we find out when they're, when they're on their ramblings is they, they end up in the third floor corridor that has been banned, and, uh, there's a 
big a, a big uh yes a three-headed dog there's a big three they yeah they're on their nighttime ramblings they run to a big three-headed dog that hermione realizes is standing on top of a trap door right and uh so that that settles it once and for all on the cover of the book is not a stack of otters it's, <laughs> it's a three-headed dog this book is not over yet that, that's we a good could point. eventually come across a stack of otters. It, that's it, true. I mean, Maybe they, that's what he's guarding. Yeah, that's a good point. We don't know what's in that trap door. It's probably a stack of otters. Which mm-hmm. was interesting because I feel because J.K. Rowling tries to incorporate a lot of British mythology in here, but Cerberus, that's 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 uh, Greek, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I guess the idea is that uh, a wide variety of magical creatures from different pl- from different cultures might exist in this world, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And. Uh, I, I, they get into it a little bit with dragons, but that the, there are regional differences in magical creatures that we we may only see certain things because of where they are located. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of cool. That's mm-hmm. kind of an interesting idea. That's cool. I and, like this trap that the Slytherin set for Harry. Like yeah. Challenge him to a duel and then just try and get him in trouble. Like, he, he, he was trying good. to get expelled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is like pretty, yeah. Pretty and it would have worked. Yeah. yeah. They just it, got lucky. Yeah, they got, they, they, they got lucky that Peeves saved them actually, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know who else saved them? Hermione. She unlocked that door with her magic. Mm-hmm. Yep. See the Alohomora. 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 So that's uh, at least one. No, I would say two because she also was the one who noticed the trap door. Yeah. All right. Well done, Hermione. Yeah. Yeah. Clever and observant. MVP. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. Uh, next week, we're going to cover chapters 10 through 13. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan. I'm Micah Sparkman. I'm Jeff Lake. That's Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. Uh, drop us a line if you have anything to say at hello at mwapodcast.com. Uh, share us on whatever platform you got this on. Give us good reviews. Like us and like us in real life. We're very likable. Until next time. Finite Finite Podcast. Podcast.